from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Luis Fernandez, Dennis Cox here with you. Graham Hill producing us this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. If you miss anything, check it out on the best of 99.9 The Fan podcast. Also, go on 99.9 The Fan's YouTube page. Elbow drop that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that notification bell as well. Uh, We already got content up there from today's show, so do not miss out on it at all. But let's get into the daily checkdown brought to you by Window Nation. Before we get into the big thing with sports betting, before we get to the Canes offseason, Zion potentially being a Charlotte Hornet. I want that to happen. Panthers minicamp taking place this week. Mandatory minicamp. Guys have to be there. Now, it's different than the OTAs where the voluntary voluntary but the big key thing coming out of minicamp is this were two things no one got hurt great like no like no yeah. like no major injuries as far as i've seen reported take bryce that injury young, bug bryce young is healthy that's all that matters offensive lines now there, there are guys like austin corbett dante jackson JC uh, Horn. Drake, well, JC Horn got hurt during the offseason, but some guys that are recovering from injuries that took place last season and Austin Corbett, ACL injury. Uh, Chandler Zavala is dealing with a little bit of an injury right now, but JC Horn, some of these guys are expected to be ready to go come the start of training camp. Some guys might be on the physically unable to perform list, but overall, haven't seen any like major injuries happening during these these offseason workouts, which is the intent, yes. right? Yeah, you want to install offense and all that stuff, but no one's hurt, and that's no. the best part. You, you don't this. want the turf monster to grab an ACL or something like no, that in the middle you of don't a practice. Knock on wood. But another key thing is Carolina Panthers traded up to the number one overall pick to draft Bryce Young, the they quarterback out of, out of Alabama. Bryce Young, by all accounts, now is QB1. In terms of, he's listed, not officially listed number one on the depth chart. We haven't seen a depth chart, I don't think, officially yet. But he's getting first-team reps. Getting the reps. He's getting the first-team reps over Andy Dalton. And he's also getting the catching the eye of his teammates, including Brian Burns. It's hard not to like that kid. Um, I don't know. He he put he put quite a stamp on, on, uh, on the locker room. Uh, he walks around with this kind of, kind of humble... Excuse my language, like humble, but I know I'm like type of type of swag. You know what I'm saying? Like he he know he got it, but he's humble with it, and he's always like, no, he's always happy. I don't know. It's <laughs> I mean, ain't nothing to be really be mad about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's hard not to like that kid. He, he's a good kid. It's one thing, Luis Fernandez, when you hear the generic. Hey, what's your first, what are your impressions of this rookie? Like, oh yeah, he's working hard. He asks questions, and you know he's uh he's heading the playbook and all that stuff. But yeah, he's he's going out there and he's working hard. Okay, like no one's gonna throw a teammate under the bus like that. No one's gonna be like, man, I knew coming out of the draft that guy stunk and yeah. he's proving it. Like, yeah, you know, we're not we're not hearing that kind of stuff. But the tone that we hear when the questions are asked about Bryce Young, it is along the lines of. Yeah, there's something special about this guy. And you hear Brian Burns going like, yeah, there's something different about this about this dude. And, again, taking control of a locker room and have a presence in the locker room at a rookie where you haven't even played a game yet, let alone, let alone put on pads, it speaks volumes to what his character is and his, and his intangibles. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be all pro as a rookie. It's coming. It's in year two. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. 
it's a lot of pressure on a young guy to go out there and perform. But right now, he has the confidence and respect of his teammates, and that's what matters. Yeah, the the respect because he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to earn mm -hmm. said respect. It's it's one of those things that like part of me is like, oh, this is an off season storyline. Okay, all right, he's earned the respect of the locker room, sure. But but there but I think there is something to this, right? Mm -hmm. Because you when you look at the top quarterbacks in the NFL, they all just have the utmost trust and respect from their teammates because that's what you need. Yeah. That's what you get. You don't want a situation where it's like a Kirk Cousins or someone like that who like sometimes they get like, oh, no, no, I mean, he's fine, I guess. Where like you 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 have these teammates that seem to speak poorly of them, speak out against them. Um, not not throw Kirk Cousins under the bus like that. He's fine. There's okay, you did. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but when you have that ability to come in. Now, to me, the big thing next is, now, we really are in the off-season storylines of this sport we're talking about, but does he get the, the captain's C on his jersey? Sometimes, uh, some rookies do. Some, some, some rookies might, do. Some might, but that might go to, like, a Taylor Moten on the offensive line or sure. something along those lines. But what you're looking at is he's someone who has gotten that respect, has earned that, and gives the confidence in the team. Because having a, having a quarterback on your team, like to be like, yes, we have our guy. We have the franchise guy. Yeah. It goes so far in how your team performs because it, it A, it, obviously the on field perspective, but also the confidence that it instills in your team on from the defensive side, knowing, hey, if I push just a little bit harder, if, if Brian Burns believes in this guy, I believe in this guy. If I push a little bit harder, we know we can get the ball in good field position and Bryce is going to go out here and go score and go give us that opportunity. So he he's in this position where he is learning. He is kind of growing into that mold. If anyone is going to do it, Bryce Young has been molded for this opportunity. I don't question his intangibles in any way, shape, or form. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Stanley Cup Finals Game 5 last night. We saw the Vegas Golden Knights just put the flat beat down. Woof. I mean, you want to talk about finishing a series and winning a championship in emphatic fashion? 9-3. Vegas Golden Knights, congratulations, Stanley Cup champions. You did it in year six of your franchise's history. Year six. <laughs> efficient. Very efficient. So there's a, there a lot of different things to look at when it comes to this, this, this win for the Golden Knights. It's the fact that they're an expansion team. So how they built their team initially is different than what most teams do. Now, we talk about how a lot of teams like to build their team through the draft. Well, they built their team through the expansion draft. <laughs> but 2018, that Stanley Cup final, there are only six players left on the team now that competed in that 2018 season for Vegas. Mostly a new only team. Only six. So mostly a new team. But they've been competitive. They've been to multiple Stanley Cups. All right, two of them, they've won one. They've been to the conference finals multiple times as well. And they've been to the playoffs like, all but one year. So when you look at what this Vegas team has done, they've made a lot of bold moves. Yes. And they paid off for them. They're on their third head coach in six seasons. Not afraid to, to make changes. They went out and got a guy like a Mark Stone from Ottawa. And he had a hat trick yesterday. And he's the captain of their team. And he also is a Mark Stone who missed much of the regular season. In the last calendar year, he's had two back surgeries. And he went out there and performed like he did in the playoffs. You also look at they made a move, a big-time move, where you traded a young, productive player like an Alex Tuck, someone that they took in the expansion draft, who's a Carolina Hurricanes fans would love a guy like Alex Tuck. They traded him to Buffalo along with another like a package in a package deal to get Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel is a former top pick or a high pick by the Buffalo Sabres. Felt like he needed a surgery to fix something. The team 
was like, no, we don't feel like you do. Our doctors say you don't. And he's like, I got second opinion saying I need a surgery. So there's contention between Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres. Well, Vegas said, we'll trade for you. You go get done what you need to get done. You take care of it. And guess what he did? Had a fantastic postseason. Averaged over a point per game in the postseason for him. But again, that's a bold, risky move to go out and get someone like that. But we saw them build the championship team by making bold and risky moves. Yeah, and I think I would much rather – it's about – I appreciate when teams are aggressive, mm-hmm. when teams know what they want, know what they need to do, and go out and do it. Um, so much respect to to the Golden Knights for being able to do what they are. Getting to a Stanley Cup in, what, 33% of your seasons? Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at Not all. Not bad. Not bad at all. Honestly, you could put – say the Canes, their five-year stretch having – been to the playoffs for five straight years, won a, won a playoff series in each of the last five years. You put that right there behind what Vegas has done the last six years and, and essentially what the Tampa Bay Lightning have done the last five years. Like, that's how good the Canes have been. The sure. Canes haven't yeah. won a championship, though, but it's it's right up the, there. The consistency is so difficult in in professional sports, it's truly. A, again, it's a hard thing to find. But, again, this, this roster has been completely revamped year after year after year. Uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, but for example, it's 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 in stark contrast, in my opinion, for what we saw with the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, and then winning a championship. How, how does this tie in? Okay, well, it's Carolina has built a core group, right? The Carolina Hurricanes, much like the Denver Nuggets did. They had a core group guys that they drafted with Nikola Jokic, uh, Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Now Porter Jr. has been up and down in terms of not only just his health but his level of play. But again, guys that they drafted. Much like we saw with the, the Golden State Warriors, guys that they drafted between Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry. Now, I know they supplemented with other free agents and things like that. Got Kevin Durant, that kind of stuff. But again, team mostly built through the draft. Now, I don't know what Denver Nuggets would have looked like had Jamal Murray not missed the last two playoffs because of various injuries, what their team would look like now. But still, when you look at the quote-unquote model on how to win a championship... The two teams that have won championships this week did it in two very different ways, which is good, I think. Yeah, like there are there are so many different ways to get to that ultimate goal, mm-hmm. um, and so I think what that does is it gives hope to different organizations that pursue those different paths. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think you can make a comparison from the Canes and. Uh, the Nuggets and, and growing up that that kind of players like Sebastian Ajo and having patience mm-hmm. when you continue to get closer and closer and closer, and then you finally are able to break through. Having like Mike Malone, the head coach, been he, there since 2015. A lot of patience with him in a sport that in the NBA that does not have a lot of patience with head coaches. Yeah. So, so again, I, I understand they're different leagues. They have different structures in terms of salary caps and 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 those kinds of things and how you draft and and draft rights and that kind of stuff. I understand that they're two very different things. But the but the concept of of how you structure your team is different because we hear a lot in the NFL of building your team through the draft and supplementing through free agency. Whereas, for example, the LA Rams though traded a bunch of high picks to get star players, but they drafted really well in the mid later rounds. Yeah, so picks they didn't trade away. So again, it's a contrast of philosophies, and both have paid off. So now I'm like. Well, what is the actual right answer? I don't know. But it's a philosophical I, question. But the only thing I, I want to see is championships coming here to the state of North Carolina, which leads us into number three. One, two, three. Charlotte Hornets do hold it. the number two overall pick. Do it. There's talks about 
maybe the New Orleans Pelicans, who are the 14th overall pick, trading up to number two to the Charlotte Hornets to get Scoot Henderson, to draft Scoot Henderson out of the G League Ignite. But who would the Pelicans give up, Dennis? Well, there's potential of, they said, well, maybe Brandon Ingram, but according to Brian Windhorst of ESPN, apparently former number one overall pick Zion Williamson might be made available. Pelicans have had some cursory discussions from what I've been told. There haven't been any offers uh, made necessarily yet, but it makes you really not take too far of a leap to wonder if the, and the league is certainly wondering if the Pelicans are going to make for the first time truly Zion Williamson available ahead of next week's draft to get up to that level in the, in the top five. You'd have to consider a player of this caliber. Um, he's obviously had injury history, a little bit of off-season drama recently. Um, so I don't know if anything's going to truly develop there, but I think it's fair to say, based on my conversations, there's, a, there's an eye being kept towards whether the Pelicans would make Zion Williamson available ahead of trying to get into that top, top end of the draft. Mark Stein also reporting that Zion Williamson is essentially available. The Pelicans are willing to hear conversations. Which, that in and of itself mm-hmm. is wild because the Pelicans have been so protective of Zion and say, nope, can't have him. Oh, he's injured. We're going we're gonna to let him sit a little bit longer, make sure he's okay, trying to appease him, trying to keep him healthy. And now that they've gotten to this point, it feels like it's an opportunity to buy low and see potential you know, massive gains in success. Zion did sign a five-year, $194.3 million contract with the New Orleans Pelicans, so he has, he's locked up for the next five years in terms of his contract. Age 23 season coming up uh, this upcoming season. So if I'm the Hornets, I'm making that deal. Now, I'm making that deal. If if, if I got to trade pick, tw- pick number two and pick 27, and I get Zion and pick 14, now I might have to add a couple other pieces. Like, okay, fine, take Terry Rogier. Fine. And also, you got to take Gordon Hayward's contract as well, New Orleans, to make this thing balance out. Fine. Okay. I do that in a heartbeat. In it's, a heartbeat. Because, like, the, the, the pros are obviously you could have Zion Williamson. Yeah. The, the cons would be, well, his health and things like that. And sure. I, that that is a fair point. I mean, it's... Brandon Ingram's been banged up a lot his, his NBA career, too. You've got multiple people who have been hurt in general there. Mm-hmm. And Zion, it's tough because you see the potential when he does play. You see what he is capable of. But you also see it could be big chunks of time that he misses. I think uh, you know if you, if you were to exclude the entire season that he missed at one point, he's still been available for less than 50% of the games that he could play in since he came into the league. But he is still young. And there's still a lot of time. And, you know, the the potential of what he could be if he's healthy, if it just needs a change of scenery, it's it's tantalizing for the Hornets. And it's those aggressive moves, I think, as a front office that can ultimately pay off in the biggest ways. You know what I need to find? What? If the, if the Hornets get Zion, you know what I need to find? I need to find a pair of Hornets color-schemed Jordan 1s. I would like that. Jordan 1 shoes, high tops, that's what I need to get. Well, Which, by the way... Capital BST on Glenwood Avenue, right up by Crabtree. Give them a follow on Instagram, at Capital BST. You can see the latest inventory. Today, up until 7 o'clock is when the sale lands, when the store closes at 7. You get 20 bucks off used shoes. And I tell you, the used stuff that they have there is in fantastic shape. I'm used tra- shoes, 20 bucks off. I'm trying let to th- know, Let them know that I sent you. I'm trying to think. When, when was the last time the Hornets had a Jordan brand athlete as well? An actual Jordan brand. I, I can't remember if, if LaMelo Ball might be a Jordan brand. 
athlete. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. I'll check. I'll have to look and see at that. But I yeah, feel, I don't but think he is. is. A, but yeah, that's something to keep in mind as well. He's a Jordan Brand athlete. I know. I know Michael's about to you know try to sell the majority stake of his team. But I will take that. I need. I need. I need to talk to my 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 friends, my buddies over there at Capital BST. I need a Hornets theme, like Hornets color scheme. Jordan one. If they get Zion, I'm going for him. Lamelo's Puma. Oh, is he Puma? Yeah, that's oh, that, what it is. That explains it. Oh, well. Okay. Number Next two. Up. And I don't even care who number two is. In terms of, we talked about the Carolina Hurricanes a moment ago, about, again, offseason moves and, and uh, how, how, how teams construct their rosters. We talked about the Vegas Golden Knights compared to the Denver Nuggets. Again, how, how the, the philosophy that teams have in terms of building their teams. Well, the Carolina Hurricanes for the most part, have their team intact coming back from last season. They're key free agents. For example, Freddie Anderson, Antti Ranta, and goal. Now, Pyotr Krochekov and goal is signed for the next four seasons. Do you re-sign Freddie? Do you re-sign Ranta? Do you try and re-sign both? And one of these guys is going to have to potentially go through waivers and play down in the minors? Or do you re-sign neither of them? Don Waddell did say that, hey, you need to have three capable goaltenders because injuries do happen. Yeah, it's just a modern NHL. It, it's just the way things are because we saw it during the regular season when Freddie Anderson was hurt. We saw Kochekov come in was hot in the latter part of the 2022 calendar year, so in December and such. He was fantastic. We saw the potential that he has during that stretch. Finding consistency is his next big thing. So how does this team construct itself in the offseason well there also are questions because you have amongst your forwards coming back seven of your nine that are currently under contract for next season that doesn't even include jordan stall who's a free agent yep which i'm sure they're working on a deal for him right now but sebastian ajo one of the faces if not the face of your franchise right now yeah is entering the final year of his contract He's 25 years old. Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, spoke with Adam Gold earlier th- earlier this afternoon and said, hey, getting a deal done with Ajo is priority. Look, of all the things you've asked me about, the one that I know gets done now is Ajo. Okay. Like he wants, he's, the, he's such a great kid. He wants to be here. We've been working on it. Um, you know, yeah, that one, that one I feel really good about. Um, better than all the other questions you've asked me. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. So the questions that was posed by Adam Gold towards Tom Dundon were about guys like Brady Shea, Brett Pesci, who were also in the last year of their contracts. Uh, Tavo Teravainen in the last year of his contract. These guys are set to become unrestricted free agents after this upcoming season. But priority number one, Sebastian Ajo, by all accounts, it sounds like that they're in good talks working on a deal my guess is that the eight year would be an eight year extension on top of the final year that he has on his on his current contract. So if you get an eight year extension done with Sebastian Ajo plus the one that he has now, look at Sebastian Ajo locked up for the next nine seasons. Which make that happen. Exactly. <laughs> make like, that happen. When you build a team, you mm-hmm. have to have your core pieces that you build around. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you lock up Ajo, who turns uh twenty six, I believe, this July, uh, and you know, you so you have him for the next Nearly a decade, and you got um, Andrei Sveshnikov, mm-hmm. who you know is another youngin, who you have for what six more seasons on his contract. It's you take your two core pieces there, and you got them locked up for a while, and so you can build around them. You have consistency there, one less thing you have to worry about, and plus two, like 
Aho is going to be the thing that's on the back of everyone's mind as a contract that needs to get settled and sorted out. So you take care of that one early, and that allows you to direct your attention, direct your resources towards these other contracts that would ultimately be the difference maker between having a good team versus having a great team moving forward. Let's get to our top story. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sports betting is legal here in the state of North Carolina. It is signed into law officially today by Governor Roy Cooper. Now, we can't make bets yet. No. We got to wait because there's again there's a lot, the the infrastructure in terms of sports books like a FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, Caesars, those types of companies applying for licenses here in the state of North Carolina, they have to get approved. There's only going to be a dozen licenses here in the state in the state. So again, these entities have to apply and get approved to have a sports books to operate here in the state of North Carolina. So then you start putting in the parameters of sports betting and things along those lines. But Governor Roy Cooper, during a ceremonial signing today down in Charlotte, talked about sports wagering already taking place here in the state of North Carolina, but why this can actually help with safeguarding and protecting people that do make bets. Now, let's face it. Sports wagering is already happening in our state. Surrounding states here and across the country are already taking advantage. And, in fact, today in Vermont, Governor Scott is signing similar legislation there. This legislation allows the state of North Carolina to regulate it and to put safeguards on it, as well as providing funding for helping people with problem gambling. There has been now and will continue to be a debate on how to invest the revenue that has been generated or that will be generated from this legislation. And there are some very good investments uh, for this bill. So, again, sports betting has been taking place, whether it's people using offshore accounts and offshore websites, things like that, to to place their bets Mm -hmm. is what they've been doing. But, again, you don't have the legal protection here in the in, from the state of North Carolina or the U.S. federal government when you're doing that kind of stuff. So if you don't get your payout or they steal your account information, tough, you know, that's that's the kind of thing they get to get to worry about. But you could you have that infrastructure set here in place. And again, you know, tax dollars, people driving, yeah. driving over the state of uh, state of North Carolina or from the state of North Carolina into Virginia to make these bets anymore. You can just do it right here on your phone. Which is pretty cool. According to PBS, since all this started about five years ago, mm-hmm. about $3 billion in tax revenue has gone to states. So now North Carolina has the opportunity to get their own piece of that pie and you know help themselves out in the process. They, they can do it. Yeah, they can do it. And guess what? If you don't care about sports spending, you don't want to do it, okay, nothing changes for you. It's just like lottery. You don't play the lottery? You don't have That's to play. fine. Still, you don't have to do it. You still get the, uh, the tax revenue benefits. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.